Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to another episode of the Steelers News. I am Jeff Hartman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Welcome back to another episode of the Steelers News. This is episode 14. It's crazy we've done this many, but like I said in the last episode, the feedback has been tremendous. People have liked watching on YouTube, listening on podcasts, checking it out on the website. Uh, If you didn't know we have a YouTube channel, please check us out there. Go to YouTube, search bar BTSC Steelers Radio hit the subscribe button, give us some thumbs up, and don't forget to leave a comment. I try to be as active as I can in the comment section. We had some great dialogue last week um, about the Mike Tomlin episode. If you haven't watched that one or listened to it, check it out. And check us out on podcast form on The Standard is a Standard. Search that in iTunes, and you'll find all of our podcasts right there if you prefer that. Now, let's get right to things. I have to be honest. During this month or so where there's just not a lot of news coming out, Sometimes it's difficult to think of ideas for podcasts. And this was certainly one of those. I was sitting there and I was thinking, okay, there's a lot of stuff to talk about, but what have I not covered and and what is going to be engaging? And then it hit me. I finally figured out this is going to be a great topic of discussion. I think both on YouTube in the comment section, as well as on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And that is two players drafted number one and number two in the 2017 NFL draft class for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Who is going to break out in 2018? If you haven't figured it out yet, I'm talking about TJ Watt out of Wisconsin in the first round draft pick last year and Juju Smith-Schuster wide receiver out of USC second round draft pick. There's a time and a place for black and white, like when you're learning to play piano, or when you want a big two-toned cookie, or when shopping for a pet zebra. But if you want to attract customers, there's no room for black and white, so go to Staples. Staples specializes in bold, hard-to-miss color printing. And now at Staples, get 20% back in rewards on color printing, from banners to brochures and copies to presentations. Print more color, save more money at Staples. In-store only. Ends 11 18 Restrictions apply. See store associate or staples.com slash 20 back for details. Both of these players had tremendous rookie seasons. So I want to run these down for you. Just go over the statistics again so everyone's on the same playing field. Everyone kind of remembers where they came, where they're coming in from as they go into their sophomore season in 2018. So we'll start with the number one pick, TJ Watt. He played 15 games in 2017, and here were his big statistics. He had seven sacks. 39 tackles, one forced fumble, one interception, and what really was amazing is seven pass defenses. Seven pass defenses for TJ Watt. So again, the big numbers, seven sacks, interception, seven pass defenses, 39 tackles. It was all in 15 games of work. Not too bad. Not too bad. Not too bad for a player everyone predicted was going to be nothing more than, you know, a spot player playing specific sub packages. Maybe would come in and give James Harrison a breather from time to time. We all know how that panned out. TJ Watt 
could be setting himself up for a very good 2017. But before we get or 2018, I'm sorry. But before we get to that, let's go to Juju Smith-Schuster. How did he do in his rookie season? Let's recap. In he did not play in as many games because of the suspension. People forget about that. But still, he had 58 receptions, 917 total receiving yards, seven touchdowns. He scored seven. That was pretty impressive. Okay, now we have here. He averaged 65.5 yards per game, 15.8 yards per reception, and he had a 73.4 catch percentage. The big stats here 917 yards, seven touchdowns, and for me, that 73.4 catch percentage, meaning when they threw him the football, if it was in his, if it should have been caught, he was catching it way more than he wasn't. Again, a player that a lot of people thought was just going to be a, a guy they threw in there from time to time. After all, you had Antonio Brown, Martavis Bryant, Eli Rogers. There was no need for Juju Smith-Schuster to be out there right away. Yet there he was, making plays his entire rookie season. Talk about a draft class. Just these two players. Because in today's National Football League, if you're able to hit I hate saying home runs using the baseball analogy, but if you're able to hit triples like this in, in picks one and two, some people don't get, some teams don't get a triple in their entire draft class. And to get two and number one and number two out of your draft class, that would be tremendous. Then you throw in some other players like Cameron Sutton, James Connor, maybe even Keon Adams, a seventh round pick of that year. This could be a very, very, very good draft class for the Steelers down the road. But right now it's those top two picks. And the question again, in case you just joined us or in case you haven't been paying attention, who's going to have a bigger 2018? Who's going to step up? Who's going to make sure that that last season, 2017, was just a stepping stone and they're not going to fall into the all-ever-powerful sophomore slump? That's what we're debating. So let's, I'm going to tell you, I'll definitely give you who I think it's going to be. But there's a lot of things that are going to play a factor into who's going to succeed more than the other. Now, this isn't to say that one is better than the other. They play different positions on different sides of the field. This isn't to say that both can't be really good this year. This is just an off-season question that's good to, to, to just generate discussion about the Pittsburgh Steelers and make you think a little bit outside the box. Both of these players are going to need to rely on help, especially someone like TJ Watt. If TJ Watt's flipping sides, he's going to need Stefan to it to really play well, to stay healthy, to keep double teams off of him. Same on the, on the flip side. And uh, Antonio Brown's presence on the football field is going to be huge for Juju Smith-Schuster. If for some reason uh, Antonio Brown were to be injured like he was last year against the, the New England Patriots in Week 15, that's going to hurt him because he is not, at least not at this point in his career, a number one caliber receiver. He is a very good two. He's a tremendous three, super versatile, but at the same time, he needs Antonio Brown for him to be successful. So both of these players are going to need to rely on help around them to see to help them get see the success that everyone's expecting. It's a good way to put it. Now that they they're both in new roles. And I think it's interesting that both of these players, they just reek of versatility. You look at look at TJ Watts' numbers. I mean, seven sacks, so almost double-digit sacks as a rookie. A lot of fans say, well, you know what? A lot of him were just hustle plays. He wasn't beating the tackle clean, whatever. 
he still had seven sacks. I, I, I got to say, I don't care how he got them. He sacked the quarterback seven times, period. He had seven sacks. He had a forced fumble. And he had that incredible interception against the Cleveland Browns and seven pass defenses. You just don't find many three, four outside linebackers that are capable of putting up those stat lines in a 15-game regular season. You just aren't. And the same goes for uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, not so much with his statistics, but how he plays the game. He's capable of playing on the slot, very physical. He's a tremendous run blocker, and yet he's also able to play outside. He has tremendous catch radius. He's good catching the ball with his hands, not necessarily with his body. He understands the game, and you can already tell that the game isn't too big for him. And that's important, at least to me. Very important that the game isn't too big for any one player. Okay, so they have a lot of versatility. They reek of it. But they both are going to have new roles this year. You talk about TJ Watt, he's going to be a starter. Everyone knows that. There's not going to be any discussion about that. But they're already talking about switching Bud Dupree and TJ Watt from right to left and left to right. What is that going to mean for his production? How's he going to do going against those type of tackles? It's going to be really interesting to see. Is it going to impact him at all? Uh, the Joey Porter, the outside linebacker coach, said one of the main reasons they did this was because they felt that Bud Dupree was beating his tackle cleanly, but because most quarterbacks are right-handed, the quarterback was able to see him coming and sidestep, get away, escape, throw the ball away, before he get to him. So they want to move him to the blind side of the quarterback, hoping that he can wreak more havoc on there. But he's also going to be going against left tackles, which are typically the better of the two uh, between the right and left tackles. So now, if that's still the case, TJ Watts going against right tackles, tight ends, how does he fare against them? Will he be better this year than he was last year in terms of getting to the quarterback clean? It's going to be tough. It's a new role for him. Now on the other side, Juju Smith-Schuster he is not going to be solely the slot receiver because last year there was Martavis Bryant. There was Antonio Brown. He had a limited role, a one that he did very well, and that role expanded throughout the regular season. But still, Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be asked to be the number two guy this year. He's going to be playing the slot. He's going to be playing outside. He's going to be doing it all for the Steelers, but that's a new role for him. It's an expanded role. How does he handle that? He's going to be going against better defenders. Juju Smith-Schuster is not going to surprise anyone in 2018. If he surprised teams in 2017, it's certainly not going to happen in 2018. And so because of that, expectations change. How does he handle that pressure? How does he handle going against a team's number two cornerback? How does he go up against bracketed coverage where they're sliding a safety to his side? If they're dropping coverage underneath in like a coverage cover three scheme, these are all questions that we don't have answers to, but could impact how he produces this year. That's important. Okay. And lastly, you just look at the opportunities that they're going to have. I look at the Steelers offense. The Steelers offense is going to be from all from all reports from inside the facility, people that are at practices, they're looking at a fast-paced offense that is using a lot of no huddle. They want to move the ball quickly, and that's going to be between the run and the pass. They're not going to be heavy one way or the other. I think Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be on the field a ton. They're going to use him in a ton of different ways, and he's going to have a ton of opportunities to make plays for the Steelers, especially in the red zone. 
Now on TJ Watt's side of things, the defense, no one really knows what it's going to look like. Yes, they're going to be a 3-4 defense. No, they're not going to run the 3-4 a lot. Yes, TJ Watt is probably going to be on the field all the time, but in what capacity? You have those special sub packages where you look more like a 4-3. Where's he going to be in that? In that sub package, is he going to be a down lineman, almost like a natural defensive end in a four three, or is he going to be like an inside linebacker? Um, what are they going to have him doing more than the other? Is they going to have him rushing the passer or dropping into coverage? This defense is a total opposite of the offense. The offense is pretty much set. Now, Randy Feetner has a loaded group that is more than capable of moving the ball on anybody defensively it's they're still looking for answers and how they use tj watt in terms of getting to the quarterback and, and making splash plays is going to be one of those things that is going to be very difficult to gauge and yet also very very interesting to watch but it's all going to play a role into that let's let's come full circle here 180 degrees back or 360 i should say back to the start who is going to have a bigger impact in 2018 well the cop-out answer is they're both going to have a huge impact but if i were to guess I'm going to go with the offense. I'm going to go with Juju Smith-Schuster just because I think that he's capable. I think he's only going to get better. Whereas TJ Watt, he's such a Swiss Army knife for this team. I think that some of the things they're going to ask him to do are not necessarily going to show up on the stat sheet. Dropping into coverage, playing tight on tight ends and or running backs in the flat. If the quarterback doesn't go his way because he's doing his job so well, no statistic will show that yet he's doing his job. Both of these players, if they stay healthy, are going to be vital for the Steelers in 2018 in their quest to win a seventh Lombardi trophy. But with that said, if one is going to have a bigger impact, and I'm predicting it, it's going to be Juju Smith-Schuster. I just think that Ben Roethlisberger and Juju Smith-Schuster have a tremendous rapport already for only a second-year player. If he is healthy and the rest of that unit is healthy, this offense is going to be that much better. I want to know what you think. Who do you think is going to have a bigger impact? Is it going to be TJ Watt? Is it going to be Juju Smith-Schuster? Go ahead. If you're on YouTube, go into the comment section and let me know. But don't just say Juju or TJ. Give me a reason why. Why do you think Juju over TJ or vice versa? Why do you see these players being huge, having a huge breakout season and not necessarily falling into the sophomore slump? If you're on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, if you haven't created an account, do so to the top right corner, log in, go to the comment section, and join our awesome community as we always talk about everything Steelers, very knowledgeable fan base, and get into the discussion. Who's going to be the breakout player, TJ or Juju? Let us know. All right, so moving on. Uh, the other day, my co-host, Lance Williams, for the show The Standard is a Standard. Now, if you're new to us on YouTube or in podcast form, we do a show The Standard is a Standard. We've been This has been our flagship show on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for years. We'll be back this week, hopefully, fingers crossed. And he sent me a video. It was a Bud Dupree workout video where it showed him training with several other guys, a trainer, and he's busting his butt, working hard. Thumbs up. Good job. You're doing your job. You're a professional athlete. I would expect you to work out. And he said, uh, what are your thoughts on this video? And my, my reaction was, the Steelers don't need any more workout heroes. We know 
If you followed the draft leading up to that 2015 NFL draft when Dupree was the team's number one pick, if you watched the combine, you knew he blew it out of the water. He is a freak athletically. I know that he can go into a gym, bench press a ton, super fast, super agile, has a great vertical. All of his tangibles in terms of combine work are tremendous. Yet he hasn't put anything on the field that resembles a first-round draft pick and a player that had huge high, huge expectations put on his shoulders when he was coming out of Kentucky. When it rains, hit the lanes. Experience the best in weatherproof fun at Bolero. Bowl, play games, and treat your taste buds to Bolero's signature menu. Don't get wet, go bowling. Visit Bolero.com for hours and weekly specials. The Steelers don't need any workout heroes. I don't want to see videos of Bud Dupree running, jumping, band work, all this stuff. I don't want to hear the defensive pass uh, pass rushing specialist. I don't even know the guy's name saying how Dupree's going to have a breakout year and he, he could be a defensive player of the year candidate. He said that last year and we didn't see it. I don't need to see video of someone like Keon Adams, although he hasn't done this. It's just an example showing his work. What I want is I want to see you guys putting it on the field. Now, if Antonio Brown, Hey, he shows his workouts. He's earned that. No one's questioning Antonio Brown. No one's questioning what he does in the off season is equating to success on the field during the season. So Antonio Brown wants to show, I mean, he's showing everyone his recipe for success, eats clean, trains his butt off, takes care of his body, but it pays off. At the same time, like I said, the Steelers don't need any more workout heroes. They need guys that are going to put it on the field and perform. Now, if Bud Dupree goes out this year, right before he's due for his fifth-year option, which the Steelers did pick up, mind you, although unless he gets injured, they can take it away. If he goes out and puts up 13 sacks, heck, yeah, show those workout videos, man. You now have a recipe to share with other people like Antonio Brown does with his following. People are now looking at Antonio Brown as the example of how to train, example of how to succeed, the example of how to be elite. Players like Bud Dupree, and I know I'm singling him out, but that's really just because Lance sent me his workout video. There's others out there. Put it on the field, guys. Put it on the field. Don't need it on social media. Put it on the field because that's where players make their money. That's where they make their reputation. That's where fans see exactly what you're made of. All right, so the last thing that I wanted to talk about on this episode, which you might be watching on Sunday night, which is when we're recording this live, or you might be checking it out on a Monday. If you haven't done so, I want you to go back a few stories on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, an article that Brian Anthony Davis, a good friend of mine, actually put on the website. It was really, really good. A few weeks ago, or I guess it was last week, I put on the, the website – if there was one moment in Steelers history that you could change, what would it be? Had a tremendous response, well over 150 comments, people talking about Neil O'Donnell, Richard Mendenhall's fumble, just really, really good stuff. Um, he brought it in a kind of a different angle, really good off-season article, something just to talk about to just generate discussion. And that was, if you could pick one Pittsburgh Steelers legend from any era to play on this current 2018 team, who would it be? Now, fans, we had a ton of responses on Twitter. Fans all took a different angle. Some people picked their favorite player. 
Some people looked at it and said, what are the team needs that are currently, and, and who are the legends that fit? Well, heck, you could pick anyone. I mean, there's a ton of legends to choose from when we're not talking about a team like the Tennessee Titans that don't have such a rich history as the Pittsburgh Steelers. I chose to be the more analytical type. I looked at, okay, this 2018 team, the offense is pretty much set. Yes, you could say that you want Lynn Swan or John Stallworth, but I'm not sure if they're going to be a huge upgrade. And I can already tell you right now, if there's people that are old enough, and I wasn't, uh, I'm only 35, so I wasn't alive for those 70s teams. But if there's people watching that were, they're probably just pissed off or listening, pissed off that I just said that. But I'm sorry. I think that the, the, the receivers they have right now are great. I really wouldn't change too much about the offense. Yeah, maybe Franco Harris for Lynn Swan, but that seems more like a lateral move than improving in a category. Okay, so then you go to the defense. Now, this is where the Steelers need help, in my opinion. They need help on the defensive side, so what are they going to do? Who are they going to pick? What positions do they need? I thought about Casey Hansen, maybe, uh, the, that nose tackle that could really plug up the middle, require two blockers that would really free up Cameron Hayward and or Stefan to it. I was like, I don't know, inside linebacker. A lot of people thought that Ryan Chazier, having him back and healthy would be just what this defense needed. And it was hard to argue with that. Some went further back and said Jack Lambert. Some said Greg Lloyd, James Harrison in his prime. Um, some said Joey Porter because he was a little bit more athletic than Harrison, but he might not have been as good as rushing the passer. Uh, some went cornerback, Rod Woodson, Mel Blunt. It was so difficult, so difficult. But when I look at this team and I look at the needs that they have now, and I'm trying to put one player on, unless we know it's on the defense, put one player on this defense that I think could totally change the script. It's number 43, folks. It's Troy Polamalu, the guy that covered up for so many poor cornerbacks during his time, made tremendous plays. I want Troy in his prime. I'm talking defensive player of the year, Troy Polamalu. Give me that guy on this defense. They're dangerous. That secondary would be one of the best in the league because I like all the other pieces around them. I like Joe Hayden out there. I like Artie Burns, believe it or not. I, if, and if he doesn't pan out, I like Cameron Sutton, Mike Hilton. I think that if you were to add that safety alongside Sean Davis or alongside Morgan Burnett, this defense would be awesome would be awesome just by wedding one player. Yeah, you could say mean Joe Green, but the Steelers play a 3-4 now. He played in the 4-3. Not that that would matter. He could still blow people up in his prime. Well, what would you do? If if you went on, if you were on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com and you actually participated in that discussion, awesome. I thank you for that. If you're on YouTube and you didn't, you could either go to that article and participate or let me know in the comment section here who you would pick. Your all-time Steeler legend that would help the team today. Would it be offense? Would it be defense? What position would you choose? Who would you choose? Curious to know. Folks, I hate to say it. It's the 24th of June when I'm recording this. We're almost one month away. Exactly one month from me recording this is when Rookies reports the Steelers training camp. The 25th of July is when all the team reports to training camp. They do their run tests at St. Vincent College in Latrobe, Pennsylvania. We'll be here with you every step of the way, folks. So my name is Jeff Hartman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Check us out on YouTube. Go to YouTube, type in BTSE Steelers Radio, as well as 
on podcast form. Go to iTunes, type in the standard is a standard. I thank you for watching. Subscribe, give us a thumbs up. We appreciate it. We'll see you next time. Hello, you're listening to Simone de Rochefort, one of the hosts of The Polygon Show. It's a show all about the video games that you'll never have time to play, brought to you by four friends who are just as passionate about food, soft drinks, and TV shows as we are about video games. Every Friday, we bring you a new hour of personal stories, like how we found the best way to play Yakuza 0, or even what happens when you play so much Zelda that you hurt your hands and can't play games anymore. Above all, we just have a really good time talking about the games that we love. Check out the show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher. You can also find us at Polygon Show on Twitter and send a tweet to say hi. Thanks for listening.